0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is sponsored by Unity.org. Elevate your life with the Rise into Your Power Habit Tracker. Track up to 10 habits for 30 days and experience transformative results. To learn more, visit go.unity.org forward slash rise. Welcome to Spirit Matters, where we explore
1: matters of the Spirit with leading experts from across the spiritual spectrum, all designed to enrich and enlarge your wisdom, deepen your joy and peace, and awaken your
0: inner connection to the divine. Here's your host, Philip Goldberg.
1: Greetings, everyone, and uh, thanks for tuning in to the Spirit Matters podcast on uh, mindbodyspirit.fm. If you're new to the program, I invite you to look at the uh, previous shows where uh, you'll find interviews with uh, wise and interesting people. And also, um, if you're inclined, uh, look at the archive of the previous version of this uh, at Spirit Matters Talk You'll find uh, six or seven years of interviews that I co-hosted with, uh, again, a wide range of spiritual leaders and teachers. And today is no exception. We have with us a very interesting guy, uh, Steve Farrell. Steve is the co-founder and executive director of Humanities Team. It's a nonprofit organization focused on helping people awaken to their deeper selves, to the interconnectedness of everything and, quote, the divine truth of oneness, unquote. They offer a variety of uh, service projects transformational education programs in business, science, spirituality, creativity, relationships, healing, conscious living. You'll find a lot of luminaries on their site, uh, as well as programs focused on conscious business. Prior to uh, founding Humanities Team in 2003, Steve had a hugely successful entrepreneurial career in Silicon Valley, where he led to high-growth tech companies. But I'll let him tell that story himself, because he uh, tells it in his recently published book, A New Universal Dream, My Journey from Silicon Valley to a Life in Service to Humanity. Welcome Steve. thanks for being with us.
0: Bill, thanks so much for having me been looking forward to being with you and your your viewers here.
1: Well, they'll be listeners mainly because we just use the audio yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm I'm delighted um Steve, let's begin as I always like to when I interview people here uh, with your own spiritual story. Uh, not just how you came to the work you're now doing, but, you know, anything about your own spiritual life, go back as far as you wish. Uh, and, you know, bring. let us know what, what brought you here.
0: You bet. Well, so um, my spiritual story is, is I, I was uh, living with uh, a single mom, a divorced mom and six siblings there from the sixth grade on. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was in the sixth grade. Now, from an early, early age, I would share, I, even though I was in the Catholic Church and uh, an altar boy and these things, uh, I did feel a very different God presence than that old uh, Catholic Church, which was, as we know, uh, very judgmental and, and even possibility of going places we don't want to go at the end of our life. I, I felt instead... A God that loved me and everybody to to the end of the earth, and that was always in our corner, and that had put the wind at our back, and that would support us. And I don't know, I can't really explain why I felt that way, mm-hmm. but I did feel that way, and so I trusted that still small voice, which is why my my life, as you know, veered in these in, in uh, some pretty dramatically different directions if uh, the worldly noise around me was always saying, don't do that, that, you know, you're gonna make a big mistake if you if you do that. There were a number of times where I veered where my family and friends and everybody that knew me said, don't do that. But I trusted that, uh, that God, uh, I'll call her or him, uh, that still small voice within that was saying, you know, this is yours to do, move here, leave IBM, start a company, start another company, Then leave leave it all behind. Go follow this uh, Mm. call to conscious living. So, uh, and then in the in the mid nineties, you know, in nineteen ninety five is when Neil Donald Walsh's Conversations with God, Book One, came out. and And when I read that book, I I finally found a book that where that voice that I'd felt on some level my Mm. whole life, this loving voice that even said. You know you're my son just as every listener there's a a son or a daughter and and for that matter the earth is also a soul that's a part of of uh, of god uh I, i i not only listened to that voice but i really deeply heard that voice and that was why i veered years later in in this whole new direction where i sold everything left these business associations um started co-founded as you mentioned with Neil Donald Walsh humanities team 20 years ago in June 2003 uh so and to this day you know this that's this is the thing this still small voice it's actually more of a feeling for me than than a voice though words can be very specific that come to me uh where I'll just have words drop to me and I'll know you know this this was a god thing and I'll pay attention to it I'll go look go go hmm into it, feel into it and so on. And, and this is the thing I think, uh, I know I'm jumping ahead, but at least to say this, that I think, I think your listeners, all of us, the whole world right now is being called to conscious living. We might call it something different, but being called to a a healthier way of living. This, uh, as you mentioned in the introduction, where we're just going to into our deeper self uh, where we're living from these deeper values, from real meaning and purpose, uh, where we're living consciously. And that's the beautiful thing about today. Uh, I think on some level, we're all hearing that voice. And boy, when we, when we not only hear that voice, but pay attention to that voice and become guided by that voice, wow, then we live a delicious life.
1: We'll come back to that, Steve. Um, I was struck in your story, um, I don't know how much you know about me, but I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people, not just for podcasts, but for my books. And when I talk to people about the evolution of their own spiritual journeys and what they've discovered along the way, I have encountered a large number of people who, like you, were raised Catholic and had their difficulties with the dogma and the uh different, you know, th- institutional things that that they couldn't handle. But they had carried with them, even after leaving the church, usually, you know, when they were teenagers or whatever, they carried with them some experience from Mass or Easter or Christmas or some connection to Jesus or some connection to uh the, a sense of uh, a loving God, as you said, and that doesn't leave them. And sometimes their paths will, you know, take them far, you know, afield to India and Japan and you know the East and wherever. Um, but that stays with them. So here's my question for you: In those years when you were in Silicon Valley uh I assume you were living a a high pressured life a very busy life a very uh focused uh life on on business priorities and so forth uh was that still with you
0: yeah yeah absolutely so uh, as you mentioned um it certainly was a busy and focused life and I started out as you know uh from the book very very humble there we le- I left IBM and Used furniture, two guys, the cheapest executive suite we could find. That that was it as we started. But uh, we were in the right place at the right time. We were in Silicon Valley. The internet was being born. We started two companies that were born on the back of the internet or digital communications. And uh, so, boy, what a what a ride! Again, I was I was a middle kid there, divorced mom, and as you know from the book, my guidance counselor was saying, you know, you're average. You're just average. Uh, so which was something that kind of stuck with me. My father even was saying there in uh, ninth grade, you know, some people put the toothpaste in the tube, Steve, I'm I'm sure you remember reading that in the book to light a fire under me. And it worked. Um, so here I find myself 12 years later, after leaving my home with my mother and brothers and sisters there in the, in the center of Silicon Valley and, uh, Starting this first core organization, then another one uh, about seven years later, uh, we took them both to to 75 million in revenue. Uh, so yeah, lots of focus, pressure, uh, stress. This spiritual dimension was substantial. Um, I even tell the story you'll remember in the book there, uh, where I met my what became my wife. She was employee number five. Well, you real gotta be careful with that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Now <laughs> yes.
0: relationship for a long time before I, yeah. you know, before I went anywhere with that. But uh, yeah, you know, I, th- this, um, you know, this benevolent God that I'd felt uh, was, was very much with me. You'll remember I was even, I was, uh, I tell the story of I was running there and I was wondering, you know, why is, this, this is a Catholic church thing. Why is God asking me to be obedient? And the reason I was asking this question is I said, you know, I love God with all my, I mean, I would, I don't need a bit in my mouth. I would go, you know, you tell me to do X and I'm there, you know, just on the basis of love and connection and, and this. Uh, so I was, why uh, obedience and not just sort of love or vision or direction or inspiration or, or another word, something like that. Of course, conversations with God addresses that it says, you know, you can't really be obedient and have a loving relationship. I was like, "Oh my God!" You know, this just went straight <laughs> at this thing that I've been meditating on. So yes, that the um, God Jesus as well. You know, the Holy Spirit. This whole to this day in my daily practice, I call these in. I'm with them. I'm I'm soliciting uh, wisdom, guidance, support uh, to this day. Yes, And Jesus, who's uh, Buddha. Uh, also, you know, was uh, I think another. We're all divinely inspired because we're all a part of the one. But I think these two were sent in a, in a special way, mm. uh, probably very highly evolved from other planets. And of course, in the case of Jesus, I don't think another person has walked the earth that uh, is more evolved than than, than he was. Uh, so I call in that uh, that guidance all the time. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. Today, everybody talks about autonomous driving with electric cars and things. I look <laughs> at it more as autonomous living, mm-hmm. where we really deeply have that relationship where we know we're incredibly loved, and then we love back, and and then we the one is the earth now. Which is there's a lot of challenges here, you know, with humanity, the earth itself, climate change, war, and these things, uh, and where we devote ourselves to the. Jesus called it the sheep, you know, care for my sheep, which is really the world around us and humankind, where we devote ourselves to, to the world around us um, and where it's really our bigger self. So, you know, we're a cell in the body of, as opposed to the smaller self, of just what Steve Farrell might want for him, his own body. Um, boy, the most beautiful things happen. Autonomous living kicks in where I hear it, I follow it, you know, I'm guided to it and where there's vision, there's always a Bible says provision, you know, you you get that vision, follow it because provisions coming, you'll be supported, which is my story with all of these, my two for profits that went to 75 million. And then I left and then I started with Neil Donald Walsh humanities team. And now, wow, you know, our nonprofit 501c3 humanities team with our streaming platform and global oneness summit and all these things. We're just supporting people all over the world, you know, these sheep, so to speak which is I'm one of the sheep, (laughs) you know, we're all, we're all, we're all sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Sheep and shepherds at the same time. Um, So when you were uh, prior to 2003 or in 2003, whenever it was, was there a, a a turning point, like a moment of realization where you, I mean, you, this was a big shift in your life. Yeah. Uh, And in my experience, you know, with all the uh, conversations I've had over the years, people tend to come onto a serious spiritual path or a transformative moment in their lives, either when they hit the bottom and they're on their knees in, you know, pain and suffering, or when everything is gone the way they expected it to, and they're successful and, and happy, but something's missing. And um, I I've seen that with wildly successful people in the past. So was there a moment of realization for you where you said, it's time for something new. I'm going to move away. I'm leaving this behind.
0: Yeah, that moment would be where I was in my townhouse there in, uh, uh, in Sausalita, where I, I just had to, I had to accept one truth. I couldn't live in two truths. You can't have your feet in two different uh, understandings and two different beliefs about the world or you could even call it two different ultimate realities it is one thing or the other and you got to stand in it and there uh in in the mid-90s uh i i i kind of was looking out my window and i was realizing okay i am either primarily uh, the son of of joe and linda and i've got this body and it goes to bones and dust at the end of my life and six feet under or i am primarily a part of the one uh, of the divine of, of, of God, you know, my science friends calls it universe and cosmos and that works fine too, but spiritual, I think works better if we can, if we are spiritual, because then we can bring in these understandings of miracles that happen actually, you know, this, this autonomous living where everything is just coming in for you. We understand that better or from the spiritual side. So uh, so the second uh, vision was, uh, that my parents then would be more like an airport terminal. They were delivering me, <laughs> to the planet. but, uh, but I was actually coming from everlasting life. I'll return to everlasting life. You know, it's the whole room he quoted. We're not just the drop in the ocean. We're the whole ocean in a drop. And that really comes to play when, again, we're in that bigger self, that more sublime self that in service self, where then it really is true. Omniscience and omnipotence really come in in full power, uh, I was so, as I looked out the window, okay, Linda and Joe's or God's really, so to speak. Uh, and I said, it's, it's a ladder. I know it's a ladder. It's, I'm God's, you know, I, I, that's where I came from. That's where I'll return. And when I put my two feet in that reality, when I, when that morning, next morning came and my, put my two feet in that reality, my whole life shifted. It completely changed. I couldn't, I was in young president's organization then with all of these amazing wealth creators even gavin newsom who's now the governor of california was in my chapter um an amazing you know bright creative people like that and um and i said i don't really have anything i can offer anymore in business because my whole life is now going in this spiritual direction i'm I'm called to that and that's where i'm going to go and serve and i so, so to come to monthly meetings and con- tr- try to contribute to discussions about just conventional business i am not you know i'm not the right guy uh, somebody should take my chair here you know uh and that was one small example i mean in every way and part of the reason i wrote the book phil is uh to i'll call it to get people's legs strong that are on this conscious journey on the one hand as i've mentioned it's the delicious way to live this is where mm-hmm. The pursuing the American dream doesn't get us there. That I could, if I had a couple hours, I could really take you deeply through that. But we don't get there. You know, it's a mirage. You just keep on. Yeah, you know, two two hundred million. You need four hundred. Four hundred. You need eight hundred. It's just you just keep walking and walking and walking, sort of looking for that oasis. Um, on the other hand, conscious living. We we you know it's right here. Is <laughs> it's why you have your your uh, this this beautiful podcast here. Um, Spirit matters because we're, we're talking about a delicious way to live and a way that really nurtures and supports homes, communities, and the world around us. So uh, I did plant my two feet firmly in this second vision. My whole world changed, uh, and it's the best decision I ever made. And I will, just to you know be on record, extremely challenging. People that loved me dearly, those same ones in YPO. Mm. My brother flew out. Uh, and said, Steve, you know, you've got a lottery ticket. You're burning your lottery ticket. What are you doing? You know, okay, even if I agree with you, the world's got challenges. I'm not trying to say you're not, uh, that that's not true, but what can one person do? I mean, do you really need to jump off this cliff? And so, and there were not, there are moments like that throughout my life. And this is where trusting that still small voice and just knowing, mm-hmm. if, we're, if if we're told to do it, do it, to find the courage and strength to do it. And I as you know, throughout the book, I say, boy, I really was challenged here. This is this is what I learned, you know, when I was really, really challenged. And hoping that uh, as other people on this journey confront their own challenges, maybe it, it will strengthen them a little bit.
1: That's yeah, I get it. Thank you for that. I think you anticipated my next question. The title of your book is A New Universal Dream. And I was going to ask if that was a conscious play on the American dream, which you had lived in, you know, to uh, greater success than most people do. Um, And was that intentional to, you know, that, are you saying you shifted from pursuing the American dream to pursuing a new universal dream? And why do you use the term universal?
0: Yes, so it, it's both. It, it is it is my story. Uh, and it's also the invitation that I feel when I was saying we're all perhaps being called to conscious living now. Another way of saying that is we're all being called to a universal dream. The American dream, I'm not the first, I'm sure your listeners have heard many times in Red news accounts of people that are gathering where they're, where they're coining money out of Silicon Valley or New York City or wherever they are. Uh, they're just putting incredible focus on that, too, and, and that means then relationships with their loved ones, friends, coworkers, family—you uh, know—don't get a lot of attention. Uh, yeah. a lot of unhealthy things happen too. So that uh, as you try, as you climb that ladder, um, if if you don't have the opportunity to get into that private jet world, take it from me. Me, read my book about my experience. Uh, It's not that it isn't incredible. It is. I mean, I grew up, you know, in a little 1300 square foot home with six brothers and sisters and a mom and a dog. Uh, So I was, yeah, I was like, wow, this is really even incredible. I was even in a private, the private ski area that Gates and all those guys live in. Uh, But, but there's, as I mentioned, there's a cognitive dissonance there of, uh, you know, is this really at the end of my life? Okay. I had the experience good, but at the end of my life, is this really what my life is about? Is this why I'm here? Is this why I was born into the world? And, and of course, the answer that came back was, I'm, you know, there's I'm being called to so much more. As I believe we all are, we all, we all are going to have a different station in life in this. But I think we're all being called to more. Um, so the American dream was 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 a, a kind of a fool's gold, and the real gold is this whole conscious living or the new universal dream. The new universal dream is just seeing and understanding and living into what scientists now are sharing uh, is true. Um, Bill, I could read, you know, if you want a couple of quotes from scientists that have won the Nobel prize, you know, for physics, right? Be my guest. Let's read you a few. So uh, because we, and we, on our humanities team website, we've got all these quotes, quotes from notables, conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh. But okay, here's, here's a few Quotes I'll read you real quickly here, uh, first from Albert Einstein. Uh, he says, the greatest illusion in the world is the illusion of separation. That was 102 years ago. Um, so and then he says, uh, to go a little deeper on that, a human being is a part of a whole called by us, the universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires for a few persons nearest us. Our task must therefore be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature and its beauty. And then I'll just read one other quick uh, Einstein quote, no problem can be solved at the same level of consciousness that created this is why we have a, this conscious streaming platform and humanities team, uh, where we're pushing the price down all the time uh, is to elevate consciousness with the Michael Beckwiths and Greg Bradens and the sim here, hundreds of them. Uh, all of, most of the people in the transformational education field of creative masterclasses that are on that streaming platform. So then um, here's Erwin Schrodinger, 1933 Nobel prize for physics, uh, two real brief quotes, quantum physics thus reveals a basic oneness of the universe and then this quote the total number of minds in the universe is one in fact consciousness is a singularity phasing with within all beings (laughs) uh then max Planck, also a nobel prize for physics 1918 all matter originates and exists only by virtue of a force which brings the particle of an atom to vibration and holds the most minute solar system of the atom together. We must assume behind this force, the existence of a conscious and intelligent mind. This mind is the matrix of all matter. Okay, I'll just stop there and there's, you know, I could go on and <laughs> no, on. No, that's
1: great. Um, thanks for doing that. Uh, and of course, all these decades later, the forefront of physics is even uh, More mysterious and strange, you know, on first glance, and uh, more like uh, the deep teachings of all the mystical traditions when you when you plunge into it. Um,
0: exactly, exactly.
1: And it's interesting, you know, Steve, because as you as you know, some people like Fritz Kapper was you know, wrote the Tao physics in the 70s and bringing this stuff out, but. Science keeps advancing, uh, but people don't much pay attention you know to to it. Um, but that coming together of science and spirit uh, just uh, that that seems inevitable and it happens it gets they get closer and closer all the time. Well, my observation is the book is not just a memoir of your own transformation. It's essentially a call to action. Do you, have you encountered people who would say, yeah, well, easy for you to say, Steve. You could walk away from the you know, the grind of day-to-day business. Uh, you probably had plenty of money put away. You could do it comfortably. You could do it easily. What do you say to people who, you know, you know, are having trouble feeding their families or paying for their kids' college or something? They can't do what you did, but what can they do?
0: Yeah, so, and it's a, it's a great question. And boy, this is a rubber hits the road question. So it's right where we want to go. And what I would say is this. Um, where you're just living paycheck to paycheck, blue collar, white collar, whatever, uh, or even not even making it, you know, on a paycheck. Generally, how that life is working is you're under a great deal of stress. You're kind of watching the clock, you know, of at nine this, at eleven this, at work, I get off work at this. Uh, it's it's a very challenging. Me- uh, life mentally and emotionally and spiritually uh, often there's, there's not much going on. Um, you know, I can remember back to my earlier years, even as I share, you know, of this benevolent God and things, I had plenty of moments like this. I, you know, certainly as I tell in the book, where my guidance counselor is saying things like, you know, ma- that make me wonder, can I, will I ever even be able to provide for a family? Boy, yeah. Steve, you better put your nose down. You know, you're like average uh so i i would uh, i can remember sitting there many moments where uh life just felt challenging kind of it was very roller coastery and i was on the on the lower downside of that roller coaster so and i think that's where many people live that we're talking about that are living paycheck to paycheck or they don't, don't even have enough paycheck um you know jesus when he shared look at the birds of the air they neither Uh, sow nor reap, nor do they gather in barns. He was saying something, and then he kept saying, you know, behold, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is within. He wasn't just walking around uh, talking about uh, some big tangent or abstract thing that made no sense or offered no value. This is what he, when I was, when I'm talking about being called to conscious living, and when I say a delicious way of living, this is what I am talking about. It, I am positive this is the very same thing, that uh, not not that we're trying to compare ourselves to Jesus and his ministry in any way, but uh, that, that what he was speaking to, which is where we really deeply understand we're part of the whole of the one, where we tune out the worldly noise, even paycheck to paycheck, and we're guided by that still small voice, where we live from that place, uh, where we live as our bigger self, I promise you a, a vision for, for your own life and the provision for your own life will surface. Even, and 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 maybe especially then where you're just barely making it or not making it. So uh, it, it's especially important, you know, for people here that we're talking about. And, and candidly, I'm going to, um, you know, maybe less important for people that have uh, financial wealth, uh Presumably they're finding time for spirituality, or if they're not, hopefully they'll read my book and you know, find snap out of it. Maybe turn in <laughs> this direction. But I, I especially would speak to and do, you know, hear homeless people that my uh my kids and I they're now grown 18 and 21. We don't do it anymore. But we used to go out and talk to homeless people and bring gifts and talk to them and hear about their lives and you know, talk about things like this of so just how we can really tune in, you know, live from that. Uh, still, small boys be guided by it. Live, really. Uh, uh, where, where? I don't wear a watch anymore. I don't pay attention to time. I'm, I'm right here, right now. You know, I'm. That's what conscious living is. So, so it's especially important for people uh, if they haven't had the experience that I've had. And I know I've had an an unusual experience, but um, it's also unusual in that I don't know anybody like me that really went really quite to that level and then and then really just just left it um you know overnight just called away from it I'm leaving it and to go then do something like what I'm doing now and then have the same thing happen where again that went my back you know it's not me and 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 this beautiful team that I work with in humanities team that's created all of these programs. I am very clear, you know, like the ocean is God, I'm a faucet and God says, oh well they're trying to create conscious programs for people all over the world. We're translating, by the way, and now in over 75 languages. Hmm. And God says, well, let's just have these people walk in, these resources made available. You know, that's that's not me. That's that's the universe saying, boy, let's work through this person in this organization that's really wanting to get healthy, the bigger self.
1: On on the uh, Humanities Team website, um, you talk about you're, you're essentially calling people to what you call conscious living. And you you kind of just described that. Um, it's defined, in a sense, uh, on the website as seeing the unity and oneness in the universe at every level and living this way. Expand on that. First of all, on what does it mean to see unity and oneness? <clears throat> People can say, "Oh, yes, I guess, sure, everything must be united and interconnected." What do you mean by it in a larger sense, and um, what does it mean to live this way?
0: Yeah, let me start out with what I mean by it, and then I'll go to what it means hmm. to live this way. So, to, I, when I say what it what it means to what it means, uh, let me. My scientist friends, I'll share Nassim Harriman because he's in the process of unveiling his unified field uh, research, which was. Who is this? I, uh, Nassim Harriman and the Resident Science Foundation, uh, which you could Google. He is uh, unveiling, as we speak, uh, even this month, uh, here in, in a couple of weeks, he's unveiling a lot of his research that shares that everything physical and non physical from atom and proton to galaxies. Is one, and he has to to thirteen digits in his equations that that prove that this is true. Uh, now, don't expect that the whole world is going to go, oh my God, everything is different <laughs> what we thought. Because look back to Galileo and these others, uh, yeah. very pretty actually when they when they brought their research forward. But scientists will now share. You know, boy, they, they sound like preachers. Now Sim being one of them. Uh, that uh, hey you are inseparable from the universe. You need that. You should have good posture. Be walking tall. Universe doesn't exist without you. Now and then, my other friends, we work with the near death, the experience community. I also work with the mediumship community. You know, we're doing conscious living. So, and working with these people all day long. In my home, we don't use the term death. There's no such thing as death. The you know the 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 veil is lifted so far and wide and. If that sounds unusual to anybody here um, on the humanities team website, humanitiesteam.org, we have free programs at the top. You'll see programs, pull the cursor down to free programs. Look at some of those near death experience and mediumship programs that are free, go through them. Uh, I promise you you're around enough of them. They're saying the very same thing about this perfect love afterlife, which is the container that we go to uh, where it is all one, uh, even, uh, uh, Wayne Dyer, you know, now talking through his family who created a masterclass with us from the afterlife. Huh. Uh, That's the one thing he got wrong, you know, and this is coming through his family, his daughters, uh, his wife isn't much of a public speaker, but, uh, that the one thing I got wrong, he said, is I kept saying I am, and we are really needed to come in. And I didn't really get that fully, you know, until the afterlife. So, uh, so the the science and the the mystical teachings as you mentioned and then even the spiritual teachings here today bring this in now as in terms of how to live into it as we know if you went to a Michelin restaurant one two or three stars and then they put this delicious meal on the table but you didn't eat it <laughs> you like well you know what the heck you know this I mean it's nice to understand and look at and so on but <laughs> What was so delicious about that? I've taken a picture of it, right? The, the whole <laughs> point of it is, is to eat of that meal. So, uh, and of course, yes, d- earlier in this journey, and I tell the story in my book, I'm out there. Of course, conversations with God in my case was, was sort of what opened the door, but then along Deepak and Wayne Dyer and all of these other uh, Eckhart Tolle and then all the scientists and actually going back into the Bible, you know, and others sacred text and going oh my god you know it's all right here uh so i really got it and then then i understood okay my only value proposition is to live into it i don't have a i I wasn't an author back then uh my and and as humanities team we've always said for the 20 years our whole value proposition is just living into it so that it's not our vocal cords that are you know doing the work because you hear all kinds of things that maybe are interesting but you don't really you're not going to create a lot of change that way. It's more, you know, our being state. It's, it's what people can feel. Um, it's your expression. So, yes, we begin with educate as the first step. Then the second step is embody and express, uh, which, is, which is where it's delicious. People worry that, oh, no, I'm going to be called to going and living in a cave and giving everything up and I'll lose my relationships. And, you know, there's this worry that I hear all the time. I promise you, it doesn't, uh, there's a boomerang effect. It doesn't work that way where we say, okay, I'm yours, you know, and we live into that bigger self. Uh, My experience is the boomerang effect of the home, the person to marry, uh, the resources, all of these things will come to you. Yeah, don't be, I would say to listeners, don't be concerned, you know, that uh, where you start living into these teachings that it's going to backfire on you. It won't, it's going to boomerang on you. And then the third step, is engage others, which is what Phil, you, and I are doing here. Is is this is an important time? We're right in the middle of the great shift of the ages. This whole this pivot is taking place as we speak, and we're inviting people to it. Of hey, this is our what we've obs- how we've lived our life, and what's come out of it, and and how it can work for you too. And of course, when enough of us live this way, this is the new universal dream. Boom, you know that Malcolm Gladwell shipping, tipping point thing happens. And then, isn't it beautiful, we create an earth that becomes sustainable and flourishing, and our kids and future generations can inherit a planet like that.
1: Uh, Steve, um, you alluded to the difference between having a kind of uh, intellectual understanding of oneness and interconnectedness and all that, and feeling it, experiencing it. On the humanities team uh, websites and with, you know, all the, it, it's quite an extensive, uh, web presence that you have. Um, are there methods to help people go beyond just understanding oneness and experiencing
0: it? Yes, lots of them. Let me give you a few. One, the free programs that I mentioned uh, earlier. So go take a look at those free programs. Why Why not go through those? Um, two, um, we created an initiative with Neil Donald Walsh and the Conversations with God Foundation. Michael Bernard Beckwith and others are, are huge uh, leaders in this too. Also the Club of Budapest over in Europe, Urban Laszlo. Uh, it's called Changing Humanity's Future. Uh, If you go to changinghumanitiesfuture.com or .org, uh, you can can read about the initiative, but also you'll see these buttons there high on the page. Uh, One is, it says, confirmations of a conscious reality. So uh, I read you just a few quotes. You're going to get lots of more quotes from scientists, notables, uh, conversations with God and spiritual texts that really make the case that the things I'm talking about are not new age. These things have been around since Plato and Hippocrates in the B.C.E. time frame. Um, two is there's a resources page where it then goes to all of these articles, uh, news accounts and things that are also quite valuable uh, and other free resources that you'll see on the page. Uh, so I would invite you, including action steps, uh, I've brought in only mm-hmm. listen to that still small voice within. Uh, that's one, but you'll actually see uh, 15 or 20 action steps that are there. All of this is free. Uh, and uh, we spent uh, months and months uh, creating all of this uh, resource so that people could just come in that are on this journey and and benefit. So then the other thing is uh, we have created the streaming platform, the humanities team, where again, a 501c3 hmm. nonprofit, we created something called Humanities Stream Plus. Uh, if you go to humanitystream.net, so that's Stream. Uh, with a Y and STREAM.net, uh, you'll see the streaming platform. Now we've made it really affordable. One, uh, it's it's four hundred is three ninety nine a year or thirty nine ninety nine a month. And uh, there's a one for one. So where there are communities of people that are on this conscious uh, living path, and they're and especially outside of this country, and that's just not doable. You know, a four hundred a year or a forty a month. Uh, we identify leaders of whole conscious communities and for every paid subscription, we give away a free subscription. So uh, take a look at, uh, at at all of the hundreds of transformational education programs, the live programs that we do throughout the week that are a part of that humanity stream. Plus it's really a, not only video trainings and live programs, but it's a community of people because today uh, your listeners and us, we're, we're pioneers. You know, it's still, a smaller, I'll call it, population on the that's that's living this way on the Earth, and it feels good, you know, to be not just on your own island, just standing with others. And we do watch mm-hmm. parties where we go through master classes together, all kinds of stuff.
1: I would I would add that, um, and just to clarify for listeners, you were referring to Humanity Stream Plus. Um, I found it because it's. There's a link to it on the Humanities Team website. So I guess you can go do it that way as well. As you explore the Humanities Team website, you'll come across the streaming service as well. Steve, you talk a lot about conscious leadership in business, uh, and you have some programs around that. Uh, Tell us what that entails. You know, we all know that... um, uh, misbehavior and exploitation at, at high levels of, of business has, you know, reaped a lot of damage on the earth and all that. Um, we also know that there are a lot of very good people high up in the business world, leading corporations, but they have to answer to their shareholders and, and the bottom line and investors and so forth. So what does conscious business entail, and does it mean they have to sacrifice those uh, priorities of of doing business?
0: Yes, so such an important question. Uh, Let me just start by saying, uh, you know, we were just talking about living into this unity and oneness. So uh, and that's not living into it in a partitioned way. Of well, well, I'll do that at home, you know, and I'll do it on Sunday. Uh, the, we don't. Part- I talk about this in my book. We don't partition our life. You can't do that. You got to put both feet in the world in which you live. So, uh, if if it's true, if ultimate reality is that there's a universal consciousness animating all of life, you know, and we're designed to be part of it, uh, then then we live into it. So conscious business is doing nothing more than living into it in a business context. So instead of just uh, as it works now, where I go to church and these teachings, and on Sunday, we do this, and then I go into, a, a, into uh, my business, it's conventional, where the conventional boardroom now, I can assure you, it's all about, we're going to get the top line up, we're going to get the bottom line up. And the strategy to do that is, you know, something. So that's what the boardroom discussion is. And it doesn't matter if it's a GMO or it's media that's actually hurting community or the world around us or, or something. It doesn't, the value proposition doesn't come in at all. Uh, So conscious business is nothing more than just saying, okay, you know, we're, there's a universal consciousness animating all of life. I'm a part of it. I'm a point point of presence in in this. And uh, as I start a business or as I work in a business, we're going to make sure that we're supporting life and nurturing life. So from an entrepreneur standpoint, that means that instead of just the, you know, there's a need and we're going to fill the need, which is what entrepreneurship is today. We add the second question is, and if we fill that need, are hmm. we going to nurture and support homes, communities in the world in a big way? And if the answer is no, we say we have no interest, no interest whatsoever in filling that need because the boardroom for a conscious business is all animated, talking about the things Phil that you and I are talking about of how can we in our case with our educational programs how can we uh make them richer stronger get more translation more more reach create more impact give them away you know people can't afford them that's what our boardroom is talking about and yes of course it's true that uh we need there's a certain level of finances and cash flow needed to support this organization whether it's a for-profit or non-profit. But here's the interesting thing, which again, I share in my book is the reason I was able to free up to do what I'm doing now is they didn't call it a conscious business back in the nineties when I started that first business, but it was a a conscious business. Hmm. And people, conscious business means love and transparency and truth. And this wholeness thing is at the center. And I promise you, if you start an organization like that or work in an organization like that, where it's loving, it listens well, it's honoring of all, including vendors. Uh, I mean, your business, my business went through the roof, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and it wasn't because I was anything special. It because that there was a value proposition there in the middle of it that was huge. So this is another one, just like the one before of sacrifice instead of boomerang. This is another one where... People ask me, and and they have these fears of, oh my, I just, I just think I'm going to be very limited, Steve. You know, if I go in this conscious business direction, I say, you know, it's the opposite of limited. I mm. promise you, as a consultant, as an entrepreneur, as a business division leader, or whatever your role, if you bring in these conscious practices, uh, your business will 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 flourish. So, because uh, I've had that happen twice with a for-profit and once now with a nonprofit, we've created a program. We're actually uh, right in the middle of the launch of a conscious business change agent cohort right now, where we have a dean of our conscious business program, uh, who's terrific. Uh, And then we have Ken Wilber and Michael Beckwith and uh, all of the really uh, key leaders in this whole conscious business area come in as faculty uh, to teach people how to start a business, consult in a business, Uh, do human resources, do marketing, all of these different kinds of things. So, uh, and this is why this is so important. In today's world, if we were going to say, what is the most powerful institution on the planet? It's business. That is the most powerful institution in today's world. It's business. So that means if we want to use train metaphor, then the lead car on our train is business. It's pulling us. So by gosh, you know, it better be pulling us in a healthy direction. I mean, if it's just pulling us toward old world uh, top line and bottom line, which is creating this great resignation, by the way, because people don't like working for companies like that anymore. That's a dying organization. We need to go in and uh, get our finger uh, into the clay here and and reinvent corporations, make them conscious. That's what our Conscious Business Change Agent program is all about.
1: Right. Um Steve, I know a lot of people uh who have been on spiritual paths for decades, many years people uh for whom your message of oneness uh, is is they would just nod affirmatively because they've lived it and experienced it and they've come to a point where they as you did see that um that awareness is uh, necessary to bring into the world of uh, real cause and effect and and, uh, address humanity's problems from a higher perspective and a more conscious place. Then they run into, what can I do? I'm just little old me, and I have this job and this family and so forth, and the problems facing us seems so enormous. I don't have power. I have a big heart and an expanded consciousness and a certain level of spiritual attainment. But what can I do? How can I direct my actions uh, in a way that helps the world move forward? How can we walk this talk? What do you tell people? uh who because I'm, I'm sure you've heard that
0: yeah yeah so um let me let me share but before i do um you know one thing i already discussed educate embody and express and then engage uh, so that would be one write that down uh, and there education everywhere certainly humanities team with is with a nonprofit with all of our free education and then economical education is one place that you could go uh, but their education is everywhere, uh, including just picking up good books. Proof of heaven, you know. Uh, Dr. Evan Alexander, we just did a master class with him, uh, where he with about his near-death experience. It's it's uh, extraordinary. It can be life-changing for people to read things like that. Uh, so but here's another thing uh, that's cru- that's crucial: is our daily practice uh, as if we wanna. Uh, really see, okay, how can I live into this? How can I really bring this fully into my life? So, And the daily practice here is going to be a little wider than just, yes, it's that prayer and meditation, beginning of the day, end of the day, and maybe middle of the day. Uh, Those anchor it well. And it can be really brief, by the way. You can create. uh, I've created processes uh, that go in different directions, uh, some that are seeking wisdom, others that are more metaphysical. Uh, but that they can be brief. The whole objective is to get into a feeling state of you can feel it actually happening now. It you know it, it's believable. You can you feel you can feel the change actually happening under your feet as you're in that intentional and metaphysical state, uh, or in that uh, asking wisdom state. So and then those are the things that anchor us throughout the day. But you actually carry the energy of that with you throughout your day. So it's not really even though it's anchored deeply from. From one or two or three spaces in your day it actually is carried throughout your day then you know holistic living of course is a part of this it's beyond that kind of daily practice it's also the daily practice of what we eat uh, what we drink how we sleep uh, what what we listen to uh, what we watch right even what clothes we wear it's all of these things is holistic living and really paying deep attention to that this vendor that made my shirt uh, they have an outlet here in Boulder, and and thirty five percent of the material is from recycled plastic bottles.
1: Really, and it's like wow. I, I, How does I, it feel?
0: I like the shirt, and it feels great. You know, it doesn't feel <laughs> it doesn't feel stiff or anything. And I'm like, you know, I, I really like that. This is going to become my vendor. You know, uh, so um, and then <laughs> to widen this a little further beyond holistic practices, of course, the the Gandhi thing is also a part of this. So be the change you want to see in the world. This challenges all of us, you know, Uh, me. So as I drive by people that are homeless and we have homeless people in Boulder, um, you know, or I'm with them of how much, you know, it's easy to give a one or even a five, uh, you know, now 10 or 20 or more, you know, or a gift that's even, you know, packed as something that's more meaningful. This is just one thing, but be the change you want to see in the world. So all of the facets of what we drive, you know, the house that we live in, uh, whether we opening that up to nonprofits and their charitable events, all of the facets of our life, you know, uh, and where we're, and most of us are going to be challenged here. I am, you know, but when I'm challenged then I look at that and say, okay, I'm going to, I need to, I need to spend time with this. I need to, I'm not going as deep here with this, you know, if, 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 if I talk about being the change. So, um, uh, where we really look at that and feel into that and say, Am I am I being uh the change the way I want to at the end of my life? Uh, and where we just keep uh sort of rotary, going down deep on those, we can we can get there. I don't know that most, many of us are going to get to the Gandhi state, but we can uh, <laughs> I think we'll amaze ourselves over a period of months and years.
1: Thank you, Steve. Um we only have a, a short little time slot left, what parting words would you like to uh, leave our listeners with? And please uh, remind them again. I'll tell them your book is A New Universal Dream, published uh, by my friends at Light on Light Publishing, and I would invite you to look at uh, their other books as well. Please, uh, some parting words for our listeners uh, and tell them how they can find out more about uh, your work and humanities team.
0: Okay. Yes. Thank you, Phil. So, uh, and if you go to anewuniversaldream.com, then the first four chapters of the book are opened up. And uh, one of my masterclasses I created a few years ago on Conscious Leadership, we give away when you enter your receipt number, uh, which is a, a neat deal because it's a $299 masterclass, and Amazon's now selling my book for less than 15 bucks. So it's uh, and and hopefully people can get a little bit out of it here too. So newuniversaldream.com Also, as we mentioned, humanitys team dot org or and humanitystream or other uh, sites people can go to. Now, you know, the thing I'll leave people with is is I. I think people can tell probably by my voice in this discussion, I really believe in this, you could call it God self, you know, and I don't mean that in any way that this, I wouldn't, I don't mean that in some congratulatory or we're special, uh, you know, we are special, but, but not in some arrogant or, or, or I walk on water or, or anything like that. Cause I actually mean it in just the other way. When, when I say God self of, you know she slash he is pouring love and all of the wisdom you know the the I'm saying universal intelligence consciousness loving presence for, that animates all of life you know so she slash he is is moving the sticks the guidance what we call intuition the uh, I'm even going all the way to autonomous living where I'm just I got my hands off the steering wheel and she's driving the car you know because I trust it. Uh, That's, that's the God self that I'm speaking of. Uh, We're here, you know, at this incredibly special time, we're in the middle of the great shift of the ages. And, and I think everybody is being called now to conscious living. And that that doesn't, it's not a homogenous milk thing where we're all called to the same thing. Uh, Phil, you have spirit matters. You know, I've got humanities team, we're called to these different stations in life. But I just want to invite people, boy, uh, if you resonate at all with this conversation, live into this God self, uh, go go within to this inner sanctuary or this kingdom of God or heaven within uh, and and really uh, listen to what is yours to do. This is such an important moment. If we all stretch, if we all live into it, one, we're gonna have amazing lives and amazing homes. And two, we're, we will create this whole sustainable and flourishing world that Phil, you and I've been talking about for the last hour.
1: That's well, and uh, last uh, years and decades, too. Thank you so much, Steve. Um, Keep up all the good work you're doing. Thanks for uh, making the transformation of your own life of uh, of service to the rest of us. We appreciate it. Listeners, uh, I thank you for uh, tuning in. I would invite you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Go back and listen to previous ones. Tell your friends about it. Go to my website, philipgoldberg.com. Email me with your suggestions. Get on my mailing list. uh, And I promise I won't annoy you too often with mailings. Only good and useful stuff. Thanks again, Steve. Thank you, listeners. And we'll see you next time.